0: 90% plus of erectile dysfunction is vasculogenic, so related to
1: vascular flow. Welcome to the Be Rad Podcast, where we explore ways to pursue peak performance with passion throughout life without taking ourselves too seriously. I'm Brad Kearns, New York Times bestselling author, former number 3 world-ranked professional triathlete, and Guinness World Record Masters athlete. I connect with experts in diet, fitness, and personal growth and deliver short breather shows where you get simple, actionable tips to improve your life right away. Let's explore beyond the hype, hacks, shortcuts, and sciency talk to laugh, have fun, and appreciate the journey. It's time to be rad. and a special 5% discount for B-Rad podcast listeners. Just visit mito, M-I-T-O com and use the code BRAD on any of their products. Go for it today and get started on your red light journey. Dr. Judd Brandeis, the 21st century man. Absolutely. I am so glad to finally connect with you. It was going to be last month and I was uh, about to get in my car and drive for this Beautiful, experiential day here, and uh, I didn't feel right, so I turned around, canceled on everybody. It turns out I had COVID, so now I come back healthy and strong. Stronger, better. This guy put me to the test today, so he's going to be doing a lot of the talking because I just finished a VO2 max test, and that will allow us to segue into all the incredible things that you do at the Brandeis MD Clinic here in beautiful San Ramon, California. Uh, But I guess we should start by saying, How did you get into this amazing cutting-edge game of helping with male sexual wellness and then spilling into all types of peak performance endeavors?
0: Yeah, I mean, I've always been interested in new stuff and always being on the cutting edge of medicine. So when I started my urology career in Walnut Creek up the street, I was one of the first people in the country to do surgical robotics. So removing the prostate using a robot, Uh, I started a kidney stone center. I started an MRI-guided prostate biopsy. And about 5 years ago I I heard about GainsWave as this amazing technology to help regenerate or restore erectile function for men. And I became really intrigued. I went to Miami, I got trained at GainsWave and started doing the GainsWave low intensity shockwave therapy on men and discovered that lo and behold men who previously were unable to get erections now could get erections. And then uh, I started building on that right? Because you can't view sexual function unto itself, right? You have to take care of hormonal function. You have to take care of overall physical function, right? So if you're a 73-year-old type 2 diabetic and you're 40 pounds overweight and you have gains wave, it'll work for a couple months. Mm. But if you don't lose weight, if you don't get in shape, if you don't replace testosterone, a couple months later, you're going to be no better off than you were when you started. So then I developed really this holistic approach to men's health, right? So look better, feel better, have better physical intimacy.
1: So the, the, um, the, the entry point of coming to you for sexual dysfunction, what are the major causes of this? We hear it's a huge problem right now. Yeah. And I've heard things about how it's a lot of psychological. Uh, some people have that blood flow problem that you treat with the, the Gaines Wave treatment. But when you're talking about a holistic approach, what are we? What are the big picture? Yeah, I know. I mean, the thing is, the reason guys come here is because of their penis.
0: Guys will always they go follow anywhere. The penis, right? <laughs> I get these wives say, "I've been trying to get him in, come in for such a long time to lose weight, to start exercise, and do this, do that." And then when things failed in bed, he figured things are bad enough that I need to do something about it. Right. And 90% plus of erectile dysfunction is vasculogenic, so related to vascular flow. Mm. Some of it is neurogenic, so related to nerves. So, you know, end-stage diabetes, guys that have prostate operations, um, people that have strokes or multiple sclerosis or those things, but a preponderance of men have vasculogenic. Some people have hormonal issues. You know, if your testosterone super low, some people have psychogenic issues you know, phobias, anxiety, mm. et cetera, et cetera, trauma. I mean, there are a number of causes, but 90% plus are related to a decrease in blood flow to the penis. Mm. And that's what we're trying
1: to address. And how do the drugs uh, line up with with your treatments?
0: The PDE5 inhibitors like Viagra yeah, yeah. and Viagra. Yeah, I mean, those are miracle drugs. I mean, they're really incredible. Like the, the literature that's coming out on Cialis now and Viagra First of all, they improve erections. Second of all, Cialis has an indication for improving urinary function. Third of all, they've been shown to decrease the risk of dementia. And fourth of all, they've been shown to decrease the risk of heart disease. So these are incredibly effective, uh, really super safe drugs. and, um, And I put a lot of my patients on them because the thing is, the way that you need to think about erectile function is there's the signal and then there's the pipes. Mm. Right. So the signal actually comes from a molecule called nitric oxide. So well, I thought you were going to say it comes from the girlfriend. Or... Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's the beginning. You should read that, that, that chapter in my book called Sex on the Beach. And it actually goes, it's kind of like two parallel stories, mm. right? It's like a girl meets guy uh, story. And then there's a subtext of what's actually going on physiologically. Right. Fun. So yeah, like a novel, and like a novel, yeah. Just a little break from all the, uh, the academic stuff in exactly. there, exactly. And so, um, so girl meets guy, and nerves fire, and they release nitric oxide, hmm. right? And nitric oxide is the same nitric oxide that a lot of elite endurance athletes will take as a booster, or uh, people take for cognition, or people will take for blood pressure. It non-specifically boosts circulation,
1: hmm.
0: right? And so you'll get better genital circulation. And then nitric oxide boosts something called cyclic GMP, right? And I'm not going to quiz you on what cyclic GMP is, but it's kind of the linchpin of the whole system. And the PDE enzyme breaks down cyclic GMP. Mm -hmm. So the more cyclic GMP you have, the more blood vessels open. When you have PDE, it breaks down cyclic GMP and blood vessels close. Now, the, the genius discovery that Pfizer made was when they were testing this drug, some astute nurse noticed that all of the patients that had taken sildenafil were lying on their belly. And they're like, why are you lying on your belly? And they're like, well, we've got a good erection. And so that's actually how they discovered that Viagra had that effect. And then actually some of my professors at UCLA wrote the original papers on how Viagra works. And it works because there's an enzyme called PDE5. And PDE5 is only in the penis. And if you selectively block PDE5, then you selectively shunt blood to the penis. Hmm. So you need a nitric oxide booster. uh, And I make a nitric oxide booster called Affirm.
1: Hmm. So you have a supplement. A supplement.
0: Yeah. So this is basically watermelon and beets Mm -hmm. or citrulline and beet extract. And that boosts blood flow and boosts cyclic GMP. And then if you take a PDE5 inhibitor, it blocks the breakdown of cyclic GMP and that keeps blood vessels open. But that's the signal, Mm -hmm. right? So say you're 70 and you're a diabetic and you smoke and your blood vessels are crap. They're all clogged up. It doesn't matter if you're boosting the signal. Mm. You don't, Have the the flow to get to the penis. And that's where Gaines Wave comes in. That's where PRP, that's where a number of the other treatment modalities that we, we use. And so what Gaines Wave is, is either low intensity shockwave therapy or radial pulse therapy. And what that does is it's applied to the penis and it tricks the body into thinking that there's an injury, even though there is no injury. It tricks the body into thinking that there's an injury, and you get an injury response. And that injury response is an inflammatory response. Mm-hmm. And that inflammatory response in this situation helps grow blood vessels because it's a healing response, right? Everyone thinks inflammation is bad, inflammation is bad. Chronic inflammation is bad, acute inflammation is good, right? That's what we use to heal, that's what we use to rebuild tissue, that's what we use to fight bacteria and viruses and keep. Invaders out, and then we're taking advantage of that acute inflammatory response to stimulate the body to grow
1: new blood vessels. So it, it it tricks the body to thinking that it's been injured. Right. But when I had the treatment on my penis earlier this morning, it was amazing because it was absolutely painless. But you could you know you could sense there was a, a lot of shockwave going on, and then you moved over and you said, "Let me know if I, I you you get too close to my bone because it's going to hurt." And it hurt my like keck. Yeah. The difference between gobbling right into the penis versus hitting a bone was was amazing. So it, you could describe the shock waves are getting dissipated, but when they hit the bone, y- you
0: feel it. Yeah. I mean, so these these shock waves are basically like high intensity sound waves, and that energy courses through water, right? Like like sonar. And when it hits something, you get a ping back. <laughs> ping. So when it hit the bone, you got a ping, and mm. and it hit the periosteum, right. and you you got a ping, right? You know, to the nerves. Um, but that's really how it works: is it it stimulates the the vascular tissue in the penis to undergo neoangiogenesis or the growth of new blood
1: vessels. Uh, so it would be quite different. I was just thinking humorously, maybe of oh, hey, let's try this at home with my uh a theragun, massage gun and and bash up my penis and get the same response, but it's something yeah, entirely it's different. A, it's a different wave <laughs> is, uh, so come to the clinic is yeah come we, to the what clinic. Talking about. You know, it's just like what
0: the shockwave I did to your glute. Yeah. Right. That's a you can use a um what are those? Hyper or whatever those yeah, things things are. Yeah. Right. And and those are, are more like fancy massagers. The shockwave has a very high peak in a very sharp drop. It's a very specific wave pattern uh-huh. that, uh, that will cause a very specific physiologic reaction in the body.
1: Oh, I've never it felt anything saying. like it. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was somewhat painful, but you could tell something was going on there that had never been with any other treatment modality, whether it's an elbow from the massage therapist or the heavy use of the gun or even the, um, and uh, the tens units with the electrical stim. So it, it seemed like it was getting down and doing some, some major work. So, uh, if someone's interested in getting a Gaines Wave uh, therapy, you're talking about coming here for a series of treatments to continue to stimulate this injury, positive right. inflammatory response. Yeah, I mean, you have to individualize uh, treatment. And so,
0: you know, like I said, you have to treat the signal and we treat the signal with the Affirm nitric oxide booster with PDE5 inhibitors. Uh, and then you have to build blood vessels. And we build blood vessels with Gainswave. We also use PRP injections to stimulate the growth of new blood vessels. We also even use uh, Botox, right? Because Botox will relax Mm. blood vessels, allow the blood vessels to open. Mm. So um, we have, uh, I just wrote an article in Muscle and Fitness called Uh, Urologist Guide to Sexual Superpowers. (laughs) And uh, there are, I think, 12 or 13 Mm. different things that we do in the office. That go beyond uh, the little new pill,
1: right? That's well described. Where maybe you're getting all the intended benefits of the prescription medication, but it's not happening for you right. due to these. Um, I mean, I imagine there's a lot of lifestyle intervention too, where you're mentioning well, eating and exercise. Yeah, I mean that's the really important thing
0: that yeah to consider is that in life, when you lose nighttime erections. <laughs> you've lost a percentage of your circulation to the penis, right? Mm-hmm. So every night when you go to sleep, you're supposed to get 30 to 60 minutes of erections, right? Every time you hit REM sleep, where you start to dream, you should be getting an erection. And that's the way your body takes care of the penis. It keeps it healthy, mm-hmm. right? But if you lose nighttime erections, about 10 years later, during intercourse, things are going to fail for you. 10 years about later? About 10 years, right? So you got a 10-year head start Wow. on exercising Mm -hmm. eating better stop smoking don't drink so much you know get your cholesterol under control um you know de-stress yourself all the things we talk about in the 21st century man book Mm -hmm. Um, now 10 years after you have a fail in bed it's very likely that you're going to have some sort of cardiovascular death or a heart attack or a stroke or angioplasty or something right because the arteries to the penis are one or two millimeters mm. and they're peripheral. Mm. The arteries to the heart are three to four millimeters and they're central. So, what's going to fail first?
1: Penis. So, you need to get uh, early warning signs. How come we don't hear about this? As a yeah, I mean, that prominent. prominent well, the National that, talking, talking Health, <laughs> <laughs> the Bone
0: Patrol, yeah. is, is going to prevent heart disease. It really, I mean, it, this is like science. I mean, this is like tried and true. And that's why I really don't like like the blue chews and the hymns and the Roman and all these these services that just send Viagra and mm-hmm. us you know, out, mm-hmm. men because you're missing a really, really important point where you can intervene in someone's life and say, listen, the reason you're getting erectile function or dysfunction is that your blood vessels are getting clogged. Uh-huh. And if you don't do something about it, in 10 years, you're going to have a heart attack. Are you going to have a stroke?
1: So the drugs are assisting clogged blood vessels perform a little better, but we're not really addressing the cause. Exactly. And with, for example, a Gaines Wave treatment, now you are kind of addressing the cause because you're creating that microtrauma and that inflammatory response that's taking care of those blood vessels, but then we're zooming out again. So I guess that leads me to my question of how you got going on this gigantic book, if you're watching on YouTube. It is thicker and heavier than Ben Greenfield's book, Boundless, which is the highest form of compliment you can give to any author. Um, so I suppose you were, you know, a lot of physicians in this, in this point where you're working hard all day, cleaning pipes or whatever you're doing, and then going home and saying, okay, um, maybe how could I get to the point where my patients don't need these interventions as much or can compliment? Yeah, well, this was my COVID project. Oh, nice.
0: It lasted a lot longer than COVID. But hey,
1: they closed down for three months. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And so I'm going to- Boy, you must have had some desperate clients going, hey, I'm in trouble, man. Can you meet me at my house with a mask and your little magic wand? (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay, closed down. So he went home and started cranking. Yeah, and
0: you know, men need help. Men live, yeah, 100 years ago, men lived one year less than women. Now okay. men live five years, a Sharon in a hundred years. To, and men are half as likely to go to the doctor as women. Right? So men need help. And so this book, really, it's not just me, but 60 of my men's health colleagues, you know, mm-hmm. cardiologists, orthopedists, urologists, physical therapists, psychologists, you name it. Every aspect of men's health is baked into this book because mm-hmm. I have guys that come into the office with a Huge variety of problems that end up causing their erectile dysfunction, mm. you know, and that each one of them deserved a chapter. He even things De- like mindfulness did, Dedicated yeah. to this person, that person. Love it. Yeah. And, mindfulness, yoga. Yeah. I mean, I can even see like in my own mind, like, oh yeah, I remember when that guy came in, we needed a chapter on stretching. Mm. You know, when that guy came in, we needed a chapter on sleep. Mm-hmm. And how's the how's the project been received? Oh, it's been it's been great. I mean, it's hard to sell books these days, as so I'm sure you know. Um, but you know, anyone that's gotten the book, read the book, really felt like it was life changing for them.
1: You also do a great job with those videos. So people who just want to get a a basic feel for what's going on, the videos four minutes long, but you explain everything in detail. And I think on the show too, we're getting a good understanding of how these pieces fit together, especially that part about. Ordering up your pill that gives you, uh, you know, an instant improvement, but we're looking down the line with those ten-year checkpoints. So again, ten years uh, losing the nighttime erections. Guess what? Ten years you're going to have a problem in the bedroom, and then ten more years you're going to have a cardiovascular problem. Yeah, I mean, I I
0: save people's lives, not infrequently here because. Someone will come in, they have a family history of heart disease, you Mm -hmm. know, people in their family died at early ages of heart disease. They'll come in with erectile dysfunction and I'll make them promise that they get a heart calcium score, Mm -hmm. which is just basically a CT scan of their heart. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, they get all this calcium sitting in the heart Mm -hmm. and they need some sort of intervention, whether it's a statin or aspirin or angiogram Mm -hmm. or angioplasty or, Mm -hmm. you know, even some of my patients have had heart surgeries that walked in totally asymptomatic. You know, everything's fine. They look normal. But, you know, you never really know what's going on under the hood Mm -hmm.
1: until you look. So we did so much stuff this morning. My head's spinning, but uh, thinking back now, one of the things was the ultrasound right on to the penis, which will be posted on Instagram. We took a video and showing the screen and you showed me the artery, the very tiny looking artery uh, or a couple of them on each side and those look clear, but I'm assuming that sometimes you see a person with a problem yeah. on those peripheral arteries, and that's a huge red flag. Absolutely.
0: So, I mean, I, I've ultrasounded you know hundreds and hundreds of men, old men, young men, uh, potent men, impotent men, and uh, I can very easily tell. There's not really a scale for a flaccid penis um, for a number of reasons, but I, I've seen enough where I can kind of look at it and say, you know, this guy's not going to have a problem or this guy's going to have a mm. problem. The The lumen of the blood vessel is small. The wall is thick. You know, you got some problems.
1: Uh, and then you're going to refer them out to cardiovascular. Yeah, I mean, I have cardiologists that I send right.
0: out to or vascular surgeons that I right. refer people out right. to. Or I just refer them out for testing to see if they actually need a referral. But, you know, the I see men's
1: health through the lens of the penis. <laughs> That's a great quote. <laughs> I mean, there's our... There's our headline caption. Yeah. Right, right. Um, and that brings up a really important point, which is uh, men need help. Men are less likely to get help, uh, maybe because of the tough guy, the macho mentality. But I think also when it comes to this area of sexual wellness, there's probably a cultural um, uh, you know, baseline of being uncomfortable talking about it, even with your buddies. Um, and I imagine somehow the people that get through your door have overcome that to call and make the appointment from the friendly staff yeah i mean there's a lot of trepidation i mean that's why we set the office up the way that we do oh you should see it's
0: incredible it's like a clubhouse really you know we play all sorts of cool music and yeah because there's a lot of anxiety and shame and humiliation Mm -hmm. coming in to an office where you're going to talk about the fact that you can't get uh good erection anymore. Cause that's so central to like a guy's sense of self, their sense of power, their sense of manliness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when, when you lose that, it, it's really devastating to guys. I mean, I've had guys that don't even have partners that want to get their erections back just because they want to wake up with their morning friend. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's like, it's just like a, like a check-in, like things are okay. Those mm-hmm. are, uh, and, and it's that important to guys. And so, uh, We really make sure that we treat our patients with respect Uh and, and really honor the fact that they're here. And it's really amazing how we can turn people's lives around, Uh you know, and it's, I I think I've, I've done enough in it, in enough different aspects of medicine in urology, in physical fitness, in, you know, I've done my own therapy and all that kind of stuff. So I know enough. To be able to look a guy in the face and say, you know, dude, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> right. You know, you're driving yourself into the ground. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or if they need a different approach, you know, I approach them differently, but, you know, I'll talk to people that are CEOs or, you know, big time attorneys, whatever, that don't have people talk to them in those mm-hmm. respects and say, you know, you're 40 pounds overweight, you yeah. out of shape. You know, what are you working so hard for?
1: Yeah. You know, you need to take care of your day. You know, that's great. Yeah. I mean, um, it doesn't hurt to have a wake up call. And I think it's so easy today to just get distracted with the overwhelming amount of stimulation in life and not really realize what course you're charting on until someone calls you out. And I've had those checkpoints in my life where people, you know, stood up to me and said, I'm like, hey, Brad, why are you still racing triathlons? You stink. You were, you were great a few years ago. I remember when you kicked all those guys' ass, and now you're seventh, and you think it's okay. And I'm like, yeah, well, I might get better next week. But this was a guy who helped me retire from the thing that I loved and I was completely consumed by for a decade, and he was absolutely right. And of all my wonderful supporters and family and friends who said, you can do it, Brad. One guy said, he was. I had an Australian accent, PETA, so I'm going to use the Australian accent. He you suck now, mate. You should fucking quit. And it was just the most incredible gift, and I thank him. You know, and and he meant it. He, he wasn't, you know, playing a game with me. Yeah. He just said, it, you, stink me, me, and me. "You should move on. Get a fucking job, mate. Yeah. Do something else. You know." And uh, I can I can get that vibe from you where you you got someone in who's who's on top of the world in so many ways, and, and they can't you get know, the, 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 the body composition the talk. The body composition scan really. <laughs> oh yeah,
0: yeah. We got to cover all yeah, those I mean, things. That was you. you you know, like if you're, if the scan says, yeah, I see a lot of guys that say, you know, you have a beach body. What do you mean <laughs> beach body? <laughs> they got strong arms, strong upper oh, body, spare time, weak abs, no legs, oh boy. And they're carrying, you know, forty pounds of extra weight. Yeah. And I tell them, you know, like what what happens if you build a building that's top heavy and has a weak foundation? What? Right. Yeah. So what happens when you fall? You break a hip. Oh. And fifty yeah. percent of people that break hips are dead in five years. Yeah, that's rough. Right? Those are just numbers. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. so that's a wake-up call. Like, Or I tell them, you know, like, listen, you got weak legs. You got chicken legs. You're not going to be able to get upstairs. You're not going to be able to travel. You're not going to be able to play with the grandkids. So you worked so hard to, to accumulate enough money yeah. to enjoy your retirement. You're not going to be able to enjoy your retirement because you're going to be sitting on the couch.
1: Yeah. Um, and I imagine also, like, I'm here out of tremendous interest for what you're doing. And of course, I would love to be better on every category of my life, including my sexual wellness. But I wasn't coming in here desperate and dysfunctional. But I imagine everybody, ha- everybody over forty, as it says on the book cover, um, could probably get s- some improvement, mild to significant to tremendous, from going through the protocols.
0: Yeah, I mean, the thing is, in your twenties and thirties, you can compensate for stuff, right? Mm-hmm. You have enough. Reserve. most people have enough reserve that you can go all night drinking or partying or whatever and the next day show up from work and get through work. Mm -hmm. But at a certain point, you just can't do that. Right? You kind Mm -hmm. of run out of that extra powers that you have. Yeah. But the problem is, if you don't take good care of yourself in your 20s and 30s and 40s, in the 50s and 60s and 70s, you're going to pay the price. Yeah. Right? You want your... 65 year old self to say, Damn, thank you so much for taking good care of me. Because at 65, you know, I can still exercise. I can still be physically intimate. I can still travel. I can still do all the things that I enjoy doing. You don't want your 65 year old self to say, What the hell were you, you, idiot? idiot. And <laughs> idiot. you were eating donuts and McDonald's. You were drinking. You were smoking. You were partying. You weren't getting enough sleep. And, you know, Now, I can't have sex. I can't travel. I can't, Mm. you know, my leg's about to be amputated because I'm a diabetic. Mm. You know, you don't want to have that discussion with your 30-year-old self.
1: Yeah, I mean, the effects of stress are cumulative. Jay Feldman made a great point on my podcast interview where um, we're jumping into the cold tub. We're doing a crushing CrossFit workout uh we're you know cranking away at work and going from 40 hours to 47 to 53 to 60 so we could get it all done and crush life and maybe you did get away with it in whatever year it is 2023 but we are looking down in the future and hopefully people of all age groups are listening i think it's never too late even if you're 50 60 70 but if you're 27 listening to this podcast Oh my goodness it's time to take corrective action oh yeah and like i'm reflecting on my fascination with high jumping and i used to jump out of the stands after the middle school track me was over and run out onto the track and take some jumps because the, the pit were still there before they cleaned it up there's no warm-up there was no pain i might have done it in bare feet nothing mattered because i was still resilient at age 40 and now it takes me 40 minutes to warm up to take my first approach because everything's needing that much more yeah. TLC. You know, it's, and I probably would
0: have used it back then. You know, the um, the I think one of the most important slides that I show my patients is the world record for the hundred yard freestyle and swimming. Right. But you could do the same thing for the hundred yard dash or whatever. And the the decline in times is pretty subtle. And well, t- by you age get group, about sixty. Yep. By age group, yeah. After 60, the slope shoots up. Mm-hmm. And after 80, the slope really right. accelerates, right. right? And so there's something about the age of 60 mm-hmm. that even if you're doing things right, yeah, um, things begin to fall apart. And like I was um, running the other day. I ran three miles at about an eight-minute-per-mile pace. He's an old-time runner, people.
1: Yeah, he's got Roger Bannister up on the wall. Collegiate eight runner here. Eight-minute-per-mile is kind of... It's p- not bad. actually. pathetic. Yeah, I mean, right. well, me and you might talk about how it's pathetic from looking back to yeah. when we were jogging six-minute miles, but it's actually quite impressive. Yeah.
0: But my heart rate was 155. Yeah, yeah. At the OT, at <laughs> no, right? So I'm at 94% of my max heart rate yeah. running eight minutes-per-mile.
1: Yeah, yeah. Huffing and puffing. Right? Yeah. You
0: know, my son's running <laughs> 530s, you know, and his heart rate's like, I mean, it's higher because he's younger, but, Mest you know, says so it. it's, you know, I'm beginning to get to that point where it doesn't matter how much harder I work, I'm going to see that decline.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which is right. sad. Yeah. You know, I <laughs> I mean, I think especially with um, explosive things where um, it's difficult to maintain that type of high-intensity oh, yeah. fitness. Fast-twitch muscles go a lot quicker that, than slow-twitch yeah. muscles. And it's like, to get good at sprinting, you're talking about a high-trauma, high-impact exercise that you can't go do four days a week like your son on high school track teams. So we have to kind of work around these yeah. these problems. But, dude. you
0: know, that's part of the reason that I do a lot of the things I do. Like, for example, testosterone replacement can have a dramatic effect sure. on improving muscle mass and physical performance, mental performance, sexual
1: performance. And then the other thing is the M-sculpt. Oh yes, we forgot to talk about that. Yeah, another another thing I went through. Uh, yeah. Before we get to the M-sculpt, the first thing I did was step on the scale, and it was such an amazing. I, I'm solely out of the high tech scene. It's been so long, but I stepped on the scale. And I calculated my lean body mass, uh, my body fat percentage, and also the the. The arm, Right arm, yeah. left leg, right leg, and trunk. And that was that was the muscle mass percentage, the balance. And so you're looking at
0: people. Yeah, I mean it calculates the total the total weight. Yeah. But then it puts it on a,
1: a norm based on your
0: based on your height and weight.
1: Right. You get a report, boom, it takes you one know. minute. And like in the old days, we had to go into a water tank and yeah. blow the air out of our lungs to get our body now, This it runs electrical microcurrent through your body. Mm-hmm. And muscle
0: Transmits microcurrent faster than through fat. Mm-hmm. And so, by some whatever crazy algorithm that these engineers put together, they're 99% correlated with uh, like a DEXA scan.
1: I'm pleased to present BRAD Grass Fed Whey Protein Isolate Superfuel, the absolute highest quality, all natural protein supplement infused with creatine that delivers everything you need. To optimize your appetite for fat loss, recover quickly from workouts, and build and maintain lean muscle mass, the single most important attribute for aging gracefully. Our protein comes directly from small family farms in America's dairy land of Wisconsin. It's cold-processed and micro-filtered for maximum bioavailability and digestibility. So please... Don't mess with the many cheap commodity protein supplements that are ineffective, inferior, less pure, and often contain junk sweeteners, especially the plant-based offerings that are vastly less bioavailable than the gold standard of protein supplements that's whey protein isolate. Whether you're in your peak athletic years looking to grow and recover, or in the older age groups trying to delay aging and decline, whey and creatine, Or you can order direct from BradNutrition.com with our buy three get one free and make the superfuel a centerpiece of your daily routine. So we talked about the gains wave treatment, the ultrasound to examine the arteries and the arterial health of my penis, and then we went to the M sculpt and let's let's talk about what this new high-tech.
0: Yeah, this is like a- one of my favorite machines there.
1: E-M-S-C-U-L-P-T
0: right. is the machine. And it's made by a company called BTL, which is a huge medical technology company out of Czechoslovakia. And pretty much any Hollywood movie star that you see that has six-pack abs is now doing Sculpt, And even some of the professional athletes are starting to discover it. But really, for me, it's ideal for men over the age of 50 Mm. when you enter what's called a sarcopenic phase Mm. of life. So you begin to lose muscle right? No matter what you do, you're losing muscle. Your testosterone's going down. Your level of activity goes down. You don't absorb protein as well. You don't sleep as well. You don't hydrate as well. All the things, your nerves don't work as well. All the things that used to work really well don't work the way that they used to work. And so M-Sculpt uses high-intensity focused electromagnetic waves. So it's not one of these cheap TENS units you'll see on late night TV. Those are direct current. This is alternating electromagnetic fields with a two tesla magnet and you can set the depth of penetration to the muscle belly so you get i mean i'm sure you experienced a full Mm -hmm. muscle contraction
1: yeah it's a device it's like a a, you know bigger than a handheld but it straps on to the targeted muscle group then you turn the machine on and what i'm feeling is a very intense muscle contraction not painful, but it's like doing crunches in the case of putting it on my abs. Yeah. And it's, it's purely isolating the
0: muscle. So I see a lot of guys with back issues, spine issues, and it works amazingly for them because they need muscle strength for their core and they can't do sit-ups. They can't Mm. do crunches because it hurts their back, but they actually can. I have a guy that used to come in. He was a CEO of this really cool company um, out of Silicon Valley and he would come in once a week and he was getting epidurals like once a month and after i think 6 or 8 treatments he didn't need epidurals anymore he was able to build the core strength mm. to support the spine so that he wasn't compressing discs wow and so for my back my spine patients i usually recommend glutes and abs so you support the anterior and posterior core
1: yeah yeah um, so i mean it's it's presented as a workout but i was also thinking how valuable it would be as kind of a post-exercise protocol to help clear the waste products out and just get increased blood flow and set you up for a nice recovery period. Yeah. I've never really used it that
0: way that you probably could, but it's, um, you know, the micro tears that it creates in the muscle are very significantly greater than you could do in the gym. Right. So that The reason is, you ever hear those stories where like someone gets trapped under a boulder and they're able to Mm -hmm. summon some superhuman strength to push the boulder off Mm -hmm. and escape? You ever wonder why that actually happens? Right, We have a circuit breaker in your brain that says that you can only use a muscle to a certain extent. Right. Right. Because if you overuse the muscle, then you tear the ligament off the bone or the tendon off the bone. And then you're toast, right? So those squirrels out there, if they if they tear a ligament or a tendon off a bone, they're dead. Yeah. Right? They can't climb trees. Yeah. They can't go get nuts. They can't escape from, from the hawks, right? So there's a circuit breaker in the brain that says you can only stress the muscle so much. But yeah. if you're in a situation that's totally life or death, you're able to summon enough adrenaline that overrides that circuit breaker and you can shove the... You know yeah. older off you or I had a a friend that actually got trapped under a jeep because he parked it on a hill and it rolled on top of him on his chest and his wife you know a hundred and fifteen pound wife came out and lifted the Jeep off of her husband's chest so he could roll out and save his life right true story so you're you're there's there's a limit how much you can stress among yeah, them yeah. but with the amsco <clears throat> You can turn it up as much as you want. You know, you got to fifty percent, I could probably have gotten up to sixty <laughs> percent. But if I had gotten to you to seventy or eighty percent, I would have ripped. James Bond No, I would have ripped the muscle off the bone. Wow. Right. The power you hold on that on that console. Oh, I mean I mean you turn it up as much as you, know, yeah. As you want. Yeah. You know, it's not there's not <clears> a limitation in terms of how you can stress the muscle. There's a limitation on the muscle. So if the muscle is not strong enough to pull the tendon off the bone, but some Mm. muscles are. So that's the rectus muscles, right? So, you know, that's why it's, you gotta be really careful, but that's also why you build muscle much faster Mm. with M-Sculpt than you would in the gym because you get full muscle contraction. You're there for a half an hour. Uh, You drive out the lactic acid, so you don't get any soreness. and I usually recommend about three,
1: four days of recovery mm, after one really? those. Wow. Um, yeah your your description is really amazing. It makes me think of Dr. Timothy Noakes' central governor theory. This is actually true that the brain is the limiter of performance, not the muscle. And the your your friend lifting lifting the jeep is a great example. Like we can go way farther than we think, but there's a really good reason for protecting us. So when I was doing my VO2 max test, which we'll talk about, I probably could have gone another segment of wattage if you had a gun to my head, for example. I certainly could have, and I'd still be in there. Well, I now. mean,
0: that's the, that's the beauty of VO2 max, right? Is there's a point where you actually can't, right? And that's VO2 max. Oh, right. Right. So think about it this way. Like you're walking, you use a liter of oxygen a minute. Yeah. Then you're jogging, you use two liters. You're running, you use three liters. You're sprinting, you use four liters. Then a bear jumps out behind a tree and you take off at a dead sprint. Maybe you get to five liters and then the whole bear family runs after you. And you're running even faster. Maybe you get up to 5.1, but that's it. Right. And then you don't have enough oxygen to match up with the glucose. And so you start anaerobically burning glucose into lactic acid and pyruvic acid right. and you only get 2 ATPs instead of 36 right. ATPs so you start to build up lactic acid that burns in your leg and you don't have enough ATP to keep going so you know you had beautiful curves in your study you know you should post those on your 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 site where you can see all of a sudden your your PO2 was going up and up and up and then all of a sudden it started to go down and I looked at Cat, my 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 nurse, and I said, "This guy's cooked." And five <laughs> seconds later, you're know, like, "You're in." You to, people like finish the finish the, the, the protocol. Well, I mean, you did really, really well. You yeah. kind of actually had one of the highest. <laughs> I do a lot of firemen, so <laughs> we, get, we get some pretty high VO2 maxes. I do you mm-hmm. on firemen, but because uh-huh. um, they're low oxygen athletes. Oh sure, but, especially right. Especially what wilderness firefighters. They have to be able to perform under
1: low oxygen yeah. conditions. Yeah.
0: Um, but I think you were you were definitely up there with them.
1: Um, Patrick McCune, author of The Oxygen Advantage, he talks about how many elite athletes are over-breathers because they're accustomed to just sucking in a lot of air that they don't need, and they have poor carbon dioxide tolerance. It's fascinating. So I've been working on nasal breathing when I'm pedaling at a comfortable rate and trying to get better with, you know, uh, minimize oxygen consumption, better carbon dioxide tolerance. But for the VO2 max test, I should have set it up a little better, but um, you got this cool thing in your clinic. You said you got it for the fun factor, but now it's being really highly regarded as a metric for um, fitness and for aging gracefully. So maybe you could describe what the machine does and what it, what it's measuring.
0: Well, you know, like,
1: so I was talking to the fire chief and he
0: said, oh, you know, well, I get a, a stress test every year. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's the most useless test for mm-hmm. someone like you, uh-huh. right? You know, it's, it's good. good if, it, you know, it's good for grandpa. You're talking about the treadmill test that the cardiologist yeah, does, where you know, like you're breathing through. Basically what you see when you do a stress test is, is there the chance of ischemia, right? Is there a chance mm-hmm. that the blood flow is, and the oxygen is not getting to the heart muscle, right? And, and if that happens, then the electrical current, the electrical axis of the heart changes. And if you see those changes, then you're like, huh, you know, maybe there is some blockage in the blood vessel. Right. But, you know, for a 30, 40, 50 year old guy, mm. it's not going to show any. Right. Right. I mean, I think my personal opinion is so many stress tests are done really with no. No benefit. But you get a test like VO2 max, you get a number <laughs> that number gives you, uh, you know, will send you your 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 test results. It gives you a physiologic age. Mm. Right. So you may be 60 but your cardiovascular system is 55. You know, I, when I did my test, I think it was 55. My cardiovascular age was 47,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? So, it gives you a real indicator. I have a patient who is 38, and it said his cardiovascular age was
1: 42.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? He's coming in next week, and I'm going to have a talk with him, mm. right? Because the thing is, I try to get that down to 38. How about yeah. that? <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. guys respond to numbers. Yeah, right? Yeah. If I show someone their in body and say, "Listen, you got 40 pounds of fat you got to get rid of, mm. or your legs are weak, you got to get them stronger." Like, what are you gonna argue with me? You know, argue with this? <laughs> yeah, right, right. And and make an intervention, and then come back in in three months, and let's see it. Let's see if the needle moves. You know, via 2 max, same thing. It gives you a very. I mean, it is the single most sensitive indicator of someone's cardiovascular fitness. Mm. Right, Like if you wanted to give me any one piece of data that would help me understand how someone was going to live from a cardiovascular standpoint, Uh VO2 max by far and away would be the best. Uh And it also gives you an opportunity to improve it. And the way you Uh improve it is through high intensity interval training, Uh right? Because when you do HIIT training, you get your heart rate up to the max, Uh right? To your lactic acid threshold. Uh hold it for as long as you can, and then drop it down. Mm -hmm. And so you're training your body to push that VO2 max
1: higher and higher. So this is the uh, volume of oxygen that you can consume and you can process in your body uh, per kilogram of body weight. So it's a function of body weight. That's why if you're 40 pounds overweight, you're going to have a shitty VO2 max. That's another reason why it's a great proxy. But it's the, the volume of oxygen you can process per minute, per kilogram of body weight. Right. Okay. And so the reason that's so important, you're pushing yourself to the maximum. I'm on a stationary bicycle with a mass so they can measure my oxygen exchange through the mass, which was kind of annoying. I was making this gesture like, can I pull this off? Can I pull this yeah. off? And the doctor's going, not yet. We're still measuring after I'm done. I'm like, let me get this thing off. <laughs> but um, you're, you're measuring the, the gas exchange while I'm exerting myself steadily Harder and harder until I get to that point that you described where um, I'm processing as much oxygen as possible, and it's still not enough to hold 360 watts for five hours like the Ironman guys. I did it for a minute, but uh, it, it's a pretty mind blowing thing. And improving that is literally reversing the, the aging process by any definitive measure because you, you talk about the people that had the number, your number was 47 when you were 55, whatever. Um, there's no better measurement for that. It's not just fun and games. Like you go on the internet and get your 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 age put in and see if it's younger. It, it's truly a, a high functioning cardiovascular system that's showing uh, protection against the disease patterns that are the major killers.
0: Yeah, and you know it's an amazing indicator for athletic prowess, mm-hmm. right? So Vingegaard, I mean the Tour de France at, champion. Yeah, if you look at the time trial. He beat um, Pagakar by 3%. Yeah, yeah. And Pagakar beat the field by 3%. Yeah. Right? But if you look, his VO2 max was 97.
1: Yeah. Re- so
0: he can extract oxygen and match it with the glucose yeah. and generate ATP at a rate that's just off the chart. So, of course, he's got an enormous advantage. It's almost like he's got an oxygen tank Mm-hmm. that he's got strapped to his back yeah. compared to some of these other guys.
1: And this has been around exercise physiology for decades. as a really important number for high-performing athletes, and they've tested all the great runners of old times. Steve Prefontaine had a high VO2 max, and Lance Armstrong and so forth. And it's really cool to see it now coming into mainstream medical science where we want to look at someone mm-hmm. whose VO2 max is 27 we need to get it up into the healthy threshold. Forget about the the 80 and 90 elite performers, but it is um, in many ways a genetic gift, but it's also highly trainable, especially if you're inferior. And, um, you know, I should have lost some more weight. I I shouldn't have eaten so much last week because I stepped on the scale and I was like, oh no, my VO2 max calculation is going to be... But you described that it's really important to, to correlate the VO2 max with lean body mass. Yeah, I mean, if you
0: if you really do it scientifically like that like the super academic people would correlate it with the total lean muscle mass like we talked about um the mark bell people and you know mm-hmm. the bodybuilders like they have so much muscle mass that their vo2 max probably wouldn't be a, an an adequate indication of um so, so nice man it would suck yeah SEMA would suck mark bell would suck yeah
1: but it does bring up an
0: important point. Which was we like actually like skinny guys like you and I would actually have sure. always ready those guys. Yes, then.
1: Yeah. But then we look at all the attributes that represent total comprehensive functional fitness. And so VO2 max is a really nice, beautiful pie slice. But then we should also look at uh, explosive strength and power and how badly I suck on pulling a deadlift bar off the ground or, or holding a squat bar. Mark Bell doing a thousand pounds. And running the Boston Marathon, achievements like that are extraordinary. It's the age of the hybrid athlete, which is so fascinating to me to see these people that have these tremendously varied skills. And I think Vingegaard, he would probably get blown out of the, uh, the 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 super training gym. Probably couldn't lift up anything in there. But he's built for one thing, yeah, which is looked endurance looked in the mountains and time trial. T Rex arms. <laughs> That's right. This was poor cyclists. Yeah. So it's nice to emphasize something like VO2 max. And then put those other pieces in there that are also so health boosting. So,
0: yeah, I mean, I'm not training professional athletes here. I'm training guys to live really good, healthy, long lives. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, I do see some athletes. I do see some ex-athletes, but most of my patients are 40, 50, 60, 70-year-old that just want to stay in good physical condition, good sexual health, have their hormones, you know, optimized. Uh, and want to live the best life they can.
1: Now, is there a psychological component where someone might come in here and look good on the ultrasound and have good vascular health, but still be complaining of uh, you know, unsatisfying sexual function or something? Yeah. I mean, there is.
0: Uh, there are anatomical issues, right? I had a 17-year-old kid with really bad erectile dysfunction, right? And he has what's called a venous leak. So as the arteries pump blood into the penis and fill the penis. It blocks the veins from returning blood back to the rest of the body, kind of like an ice cream sandwich squishing the ice cream. Oh, right? and, and is that in... the
1: is that the ones that pass out? Is that one of the symptoms?
0: I, I, I felt like Well, the... I mean, my penis isn't that big. <laughs>
1: if you got it, if you hold the
0: up blood, blood in you pass out. We gotta, uh, yeah, take room maybe... four. Then you're probably in my long Protocol. Yeah, yeah, um, but uh, and so there are folks that have anatomical issues in the penis that make it more difficult for them to trap blood mm-hmm. in the penis, and so you know, like I get to see those guys because those are the guys that have problems. When you're 17 and you get normal erections. You certainly
1: don't come in to see me. Mm-hmm. 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 I'm asking, like, uh, is there a psychological component to where someone is uh, anatomically healthy? Oh, but yeah. I mean, into like the clinic and saying, can you help me? And yeah. it's really because, yeah, it is, you know. Psychological. No, no. So,
0: the half of it's physiology and half of it's psychology, right? So, there's a sympathetic nervous system and a parasympathetic yeah. nervous system, yeah. right? So, sympathetic nervous system is you are a caveman, right? And you're with your cave woman, hmm And you're hanging out in the cave and there's a saber-toothed tiger that's just pacing outside waiting for you to come out to eat you, right? Two days go by. Three days go by. And your cave woman's like, dude, what the hell's wrong with you? You know, get out there and kill the saber-toothed tiger. <laughs> right? Another day goes by, and she's like, you are the biggest wuss. My previous cave boyfriend would have taken care of business. What the hell's wrong with you? Another day goes by, and finally, you're like, I would rather take my chances with a saber-toothed tiger than spend one one minute in this cave, right? And so you charge out of the cave with a with a spear, and you're in. Full-on mm. sympathetic nervous system overflow. You're just like in kill mode, mm-hmm. right? There is no blood going to the penis, no blood going to the kidneys, no blood going to the intestines. Every ounce of blood, every drop of blood is going towards killing mm. the saber tooth tiger. So you kill the saber tiger, you know and then you drag the saber-to-tiger back into the cave, and you skin it, and you got the saber-to-tiger rug on the ground, you got the <laughs> you got the tiger on the spit on the fire, right? Now, you go from sympathetic mode to parasympathetic, right? Parasympathetic mode is relaxation, blood goes to the intestines so you can digest food, goes to the kidneys so that you can produce waste, and then it goes to the penis so you can procreate. Right? And then when you reach climax, what happens? Climax that is sympathetic it? kicks in. And why? Because, you know, humans are an act, you know, we're out of the evolutionary phase. But if you're a squirrel out there and you're having sex, you're standing still. And there are all sorts of hawks and other animals that are looking to, to t- take you out for dinner when you stand still. So as soon as you ejaculate, you get a sympathetic outflow, blood vessels contract, and you start looking around p- to protect yourself. Oh, right? Okay. And so if you have anxiety, if you have, you know, stress-related issues, then you're going to have difficulty getting erections because you have adrenaline and cortisol floating around in the bloodstream, and that adrenaline
1: and cortisol is going to work against erections. So you have to chill out to get aroused, and then you're going to climax and and kick into the other uh the the fight or flight uh momentarily I suppose. Right.
0: But I mean if you're in the moment and you're you're doing it and all of a sudden you think about work or you think, mm. oh shit, did I leave the 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 did I unlock did I lock the door or not? Or, you know, last time things didn't go so well, you get adrenaline mm. and then guess what happens? Instant the blood goes away.
1: So is it uh is it literally a function of blood flow when you're talking about this? 100% blood flow. There's a threshold, right?
0: If you get enough blood pressure, then you lock the blood in because you block those veins. Right. Right. So like, think about it this way. You're on the roof of a burning building and there's another building six feet away. If you jump six feet, it's a good day. If you jump five and a half feet, it's a really, really bad day, right? So if you get enough blood pressure, to trap the blood in the penis, it's a good night. If mm-hmm. you don't get enough blood pressure, and so you get a full penis, but you don't get a rigid erection, mm-hmm. then it's not such a good night, right? And that's where gains Wave and PRP and Affirm and, night- and PD 5 inhibitors and all those other things come in, is to help raise the blood pressure inside the penis mm-hmm. so that you can trap that blood.
1: And then the rest is up to... The rest is up to you to maintain that calm, confident disposition, uh, you know, wind down from the stresses of the day and enjoy uh, a, a chance well, for uh, an encounter and, and so forth. And work out. Right. Hydrate. Bring your a people.
0: You know, keep your cholesterol low. Don't smoke. Don't drink. Stretch. Meditate. Get good sleep. I mean, all the things. Be a 21st century Yeah, person, be a 21st century man. And then... Uh, and keep your relationships in, in, in good shape. I mean, right. That's, I mean, if there's relationship dysfunction, a uh,
1: matter outing over all these matters. Uh,
0: and that, you know, sometimes that's the hardest thing to
1: do. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it seems like, um, you know, sexual intimacy is one of the first things to go with relationship dysfunction, which uh, arguably it should be kind of the thing to, stay strong and as a foundation. You know, the other chapter that in that book that's amazing is what men need to
0: know about menopause. Mm-hmm. Right? So if you're a guy and your wife is hitting mid-50s and things are starting to get strange, um, you have to read that chapter. It's really, really well written. A friend of mine, at Russ Bartels, is a really excellent gynecologist, also a guy around our age. And it's a, he does an amazing job describing what's happening to women in menopause. You have mm. to, if you're a guy and your wife is going through menopause, you have to understand what's happening. You have to care enough. Not read that shit. Yeah, I mean, like, understand. Yeah, I mean, not just care enough. I mean, it's like it directly impacts your spouse, but mm. that directly impacts you.
1: So uh, it would be nice for people in the area to come to your clinic um, failing that they can get the book and how else can we connect with you? Yeah. So if you go to the 21st
0: stcenturymancom it's uh-huh. all written out in letters. Uh-huh. Um, you can, uh, get the book there. I have a bunch of chapters out there for free on the uh-huh. book. I also have, uh, my own personal medical practice website, brandismd.com. Uh-huh. Your videos in- are there. Yeah. And then I have a YouTube channel. i have an Instagram. And then I have uh, a friend Science, so that's my supplement company. So we have a nitric oxide boosting supplement. Okay. He had a supplement for premature ejaculation called PreLong. That's mm-hmm. a huge problem for men. A quarter of men suffer from premature ejaculation. Why is that? Uh, what's the cause of that? You know, the cause of that is that it's a good thing to ejaculate prematurely, right? right. So if you're a squirrel.
1: Back to the squirrel. Well, back And the it's funny because we're looking out the window, there's a lot of squirrels. Um, he's got a little squirrel in there. Well, yeah. As he's yeah. reflecting, when he takes a pause from his writing chores, he looks out the window and sees squirrels screwing or whatever. You can learn about squirrels a lot.
0: Um, if you're a squirrel, you want to do your business and, and, and get back to defending yourself, mm-hmm. right? And so you're fighting a biologic propensity to ejaculate and protect yourself. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's so difficult, you know, guys sort of have to train themselves to delay gratification. Mm-hmm. And so premature, uh, prelong is uh, St. John's wort, or it's an extract of St. John's wort, which is a natural selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. Mm-hmm. And SSRIs are known to delay ejaculatory function. Mm-hmm.
1: And what have on the flip side, like the inability to finish the job? Is that? Yeah. Uh, so, that machine that you were on, the Mcella? Oh, we forgot to talk about the yeah. Mcella. I was putting this room, that room, this thing, that thing. Okay. Yeah, the Mcella and yeah. yeah. me between the legs. So,
0: I, I did the original research to show that the Mcella mm-hmm. is the first and only treatment to improve ejaculatory function in birth. We're actually writing that paper up now. But I presented it at the Sexual Medicine Society meeting. Uh, there's another medication called Cabergoline that uh, will help with ejaculatory function, mm-hmm. um, but it's much better to do it with with the M cell.
1: So that's a function of uh, insufficient uh, muscle. Yeah, it's control. it's a weak
0: it's a weak um, bulbocavernosus and ischocabernosis muscle. So like mm-hmm. when you're trying to contract your pelvic floor and you feel that sort of pump. Yeah, that's those muscles. And mm-hmm. so it strengthens like you experience strengthens those mm-hmm. muscles. Like a kegel exercise, but you know, twenty times stronger.
1: <laughs> oh boy. Well, it's been uh, it's been great to um connect with you and go through all the protocols here. I strongly recommend taking a trip to San Francisco Bay Area to see this this clinic in person and experience all the all the value here. Same with the book. Dr. Judd Brandeis doing his thing. and a special 5% discount for B-Rad podcast listeners. Just visit mito redlight.com red and use the code BRAD on any of their products. Go for it today and get started on your red light journey. Thank you so much for listening to the B-Rad podcast. We appreciate all feedback and suggestions. Email podcast at bradventures.com and visit bradkearns.com. To download five free ebooks and learn some great long cuts to a longer life, how to optimize testosterone naturally, become a dark chocolate connoisseur, and transition to a barefoot and minimalist shoe lifestyle.